Rob Bro. He's your sports bro at KKAM.com and the Talk 1340 app. You guys are not doing any pass blocking. You're just stepping aside and letting them walk in. Pop, 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 pop. That's what I want. All of you around that ball. What's wrong with y'all? Don't play like some little girls. Now that y'all know play football before. Because of nothing. You hear me? They please just like we do. Yo, they sweat just like we do. Do you hear me? They went through two days. We went through two days in 110 degree heat. Yes, sir. I want you to hit everything to move. If the ref gets in your way, you hit him. Okay, then let's play. But that's cheating us too. That gives us two. This is our team. This is us. Let's go right now. Let's get it off now. Let's go. Bro Show Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. The Big 12 basketball standings have gotten a little clarity in the last couple of days. There is more clarity to be drawn today, but let's just talk for a second about the clarity we've gotten in the last two days. Kansas takes a step back forward into the championship picture. Texas could have basically knocked them out of it on Big Monday. And then last night, Kansas State takes a step forward from TCU. TCU injured, hurt, reeling, on their back foot. Do not think that TCU can recover and win a Big 12 championship regular season title. Iowa State tonight has an opportunity to get a little action on their end. Obviously, Oklahoma State and Texas Tech does not matter much for the Big 12 championship look, but but it could uh, cement what I would call the bottom of the conference with uh, Texas Tech losing. And then Oklahoma-Baylor doesn't matter much for one of those teams, but it does matter for Baylor, who needs a win at home to keep pace with some of these other teams. Iowa State at West Virginia, the game of the night tonight, 6 o'clock ESPN 2. West Virginia very good at home. Iowa State very good at home, but this game is in Morgantown. So we'll have to see if Iowa State can be good on the road tonight. If you look at the Big 12 standings, uh, Iowa State can tie Texas tonight with a win. Otherwise, there'll be a full game back alongside Kansas and Kansas State all at 7-4 and four if Iowa State loses. West Virginia 3-7 and seven in the conference. If Baylor wins, they would join Kansas State and Kansas at 7-4, and four, potentially Iowa State as well. Baylor at home against Oklahoma. So you might have two 8-3 and three teams or... Four, seven, and four teams after tonight. Regardless, TCU falling back to six and five. Oklahoma State could tie them tonight at six and five. Texas Tech would be two and nine with a win. Um, 
potentially tying Oklahoma if they lose to Baylor. Texas Tech still can be the ninth team in this conference. Uh, You still play Oklahoma again. I think Oklahoma, for all of their... Uh, for all of their sh- uh, strengths, I hesitate to call it a strength, but for all of their high points, for all of their good games, they have equal, really poor games. Uh, and uh, on the opposite side, I don't know. They, I don't think that Texas Tech has had a bunch of great games. They've just kind of been themselves the whole year, and it either works or doesn't. They've had some really poor games. But even in their Big 12 win, it was just kind of a standalone half that they had to come back against Iowa State at home. By the way, this is the Rob Bro Show. We've been talking here about Big 12 basketball. I am the host, you are the coach. You can text in 806-855-3712. Uh, to my chagrin... Confitry alignment has been uh, gussied up today and put on a new dress, and we want to talk about it for some reason. Um, and as much as we want to talk about just the Pac-12, the Pac-12 expansion, the Pac-12 doing this, the Pac-12 going after SMU, for whatever reason, it all connects back to the Big 12, and I guess it's because we're in Lubbock and because we talk about Texas Tech and because we talk about the Big 12 that we have to connect the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and we have to have the four corner schools and the Big 12, and the Big 12 still going to die. The Big 12 is what it is right now. And from everything we've seen in the last two weeks, the Big 12 is going to be 14 teams for the next two years. And then as soon as the teams leave in Texas and Oklahoma, you're going to expand a playoff. You're not going to dip at all in the basketball world because even though you lose Texas, you gain Houston. That is a one-for-one trade in the basketball world if not getting better with Houston. Historically. Baseball dips just because Texas is such a historical program, but you also get more teams and more Big 12 games in the system with more teams. But the real point here in all of this has always been football. And as soon as those teams leave, you have an expanded playoff. And I keep trying to tell people or ask people when they want to talk about expansion in the Big 12 and the four corner schools, what does it benefit the Big 12? Legitimately, what does it benefit the Big 12 to have Arizona? Because it's not more money, it's the same money per school to add anyone. It's not more eyeballs, I guess it is in in some respects, but those eyeballs don't lead to any more money. And would you rather get through 14 schools or 16 schools or 12 schools or 11 schools, I guess in that respect, to get to a Big 12 title? To get to a playoff appearance with 12 teams when you have an automatic qualifier. And if it's the same money without them, 
Just go let them die. You don't need to save anyone. You don't need to have some charitable response to the four corner schools dying on the vine in the Pac-12. They could have helped. They could have left. They could have done whatever they wanted in the last two years, and they sat there. Let them die. There's no reason to make another move until the next round of expansion. And if you want to be first, I guess that makes sense. But the timing is wrong right now to try to do anything. Just let the Pac-12 be the Pac-12 for a while. And why are they so late? Uh, If the Pac-12 is concerned about TV sets and markets, then SMU and Rice are perfect. The Big 12 could poach Arizona and Colorado and call it done. Canzano and Wilner making these wrong predictions about Pac-12 TV deals and expansion. It's like they're doomsday cultists who keep getting the end of the world wrong. Yeah. And, And they've been 0 for what, 4 now? 0 for, 0 for 5? I mean, I guess they were right that the four corner schools weren't going to the Big 12, but not for their reasoning and not for their line of thinking at all. To me, it makes a lot of sense for the Big 12 to just be the Big 12 for four years, five years, six years. There's absolutely no need right now to force the four corner schools to make a move into the Big 12. Well, you'd get Dion, would you? Because is he going to be at Colorado for long term? Well, you get uh, Utah and BYU together. Uh-huh. Do they want to be together or do they just want to fight from a distance? Now, what is already the best basketball conference in the world could be better with Arizona. But you could also just add some basketball-only conference pieces and not dilute your football programs. Not saying that Arizona and Colorado and, and Utah wouldn't have success in the Big 12, but why have 16 teams when you have an automatic qualifier when you could have 12 and just have to get through 11 teams instead of 15? More teams does not equal more money on this TV deal. More money for the conference equals split Regardless, the pie just grows, but you get the same piece. Just logically, it does not make sense. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we will get back into Big 12 basketball. It's the Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News. Buddy Sports.
Welcome back to Rob Rose Show Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. This text, or at least adding basketball only schools in the Big 12, gets you NCAA tournament money. Yes. It does, certainly. I don't know, though, that. Uh... See, what my point. My question, not my point, my question is with Big 12 basketball-only teams. Like, let's say you you put in Gonzaga. Do they get 12%? What is is men's basketball worth? Do they get 50% revenue? Do they get 30% revenue? Do they get a full share of basketball earnings, whatever that percentage is per year, year to year? I don't know. I don't know how that works. Uh, There are certainly teams and schools and conferences that already do that. uh, That have, you know, school uh, football in one, basketball in another. Some of that makes some sense. I don't know what that looks like in the Big 12. Uh, This off of uh, Twitter... You know what? Let's not get into that yet. We might get into that after the break. We might get into that after the break. Uh, something about clickers and clatters and mad hatters. Uh, I don't know if I want to get into that right now. Uh, but I do want to say one thing. And I'm going to be kind of vague here. Uh, but when Joey McGuire was hired for the football job here at Texas Tech, Matt Wells was fired in October, the end of October, which means you had a full month and a half really left in the season. Two months before signing day. And to me, that's a really good timeline to hire a coach. In college football, you need... To, to work fast and act fast and fire a coach before the season ends. To be able to be in a position to get the best guy. To save a recruiting class. To be in a position to have your coaches hired. And to not be another year behind. And it worked for Texas Tech. You hire Joe McGuire. He moves the recruiting class from the 70s to the 30s. And you didn't miss a beat. You only improved. You've seen that across college football as a a theory, as a practice more and more. Where you go out and make a move early. To get in front of the fast-moving, quick-paced college football landscape. In a world where you really can't take a day off after the season and say, all right, let's reassess, what do we need to do 
there's no Black Monday like there is in the NFL where seven coaches get fired the day after the season. It's already been done. You don't wait around for the bowl. You don't wait around for anything. If a coach isn't hired before signing day, you people talk about how you're moving slow. College basketball, though, is different. There's no rush. There's no benefit, really, to make a move in season. Unless you really want to make the move and there are other issues at play. But just talking on the court, there's no reason, recruiting or otherwise, to make the move as early as possible like you want to in football. There's not a signing day right after the season. In fact, signing day's already happened. The season, let's say you're a bad team and you don't make the NCAA tournament. At, at most, your team finishes in the middle of March, conference tournaments. Say you win a couple of games in the conference tournament and then your season's over. There's no reason to fire that coach, the head coach, before the conference tournament. If the issue is on the floor. Because of what you can do in the transfer portal... Because of what you already have in the, the class, I mean, there's not a bunch of high school kids to go out and stack a class with at the end of a, at the end of March. Now there still are some making their decisions, I guess, but this, the early signing day has already happened. And we've seen the NCAA uh, transfer portal be worked uh, through June and July. It's, it's March. Well, it's February today. But the March firing date, and then you have April, May. If we need to go through all the months, I think we can. June, July, August, September, October, November, December. But there's no rush like there is in college football. The timeline is completely different. What's the benefit? There is no benefit. All right, let's take another break. When we come back, Big 12 basketball. Some huge matchups tonight. Not necessarily based on uh, top tens or like you did in the first two games of this week for the Big 12, but some clarity can happen. Baylor can take a big step forward, beating a bad team. Iowa State winning a road game would be huge for them. And then there's also Texas Tech. We also have Lady Raiders basketball to talk about. They could sweep the Longhorns tonight with the win. It's the Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Welcome back. 
It's Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Lady Raiders with a chance to sweep the Texas Longhorns for the first time since a decade ago. Uh, with their game tonight at 7 o'clock on the Longhorn Network. Lady Raiders 4-6 and six in conference play. After a kind of a rough start to the season for the Longhorns, they are 9-2 and two in conference play. Leading the Big 12. Oklahoma right behind them. Iowa State, Baylor behind those two. This is a top 20 matchup for the Texas Tech Lady Raiders with the Texas Longhorns ranked at 20. Uh, Lady Raiders unranked, but a win against Texas maybe could get them a step closer. Also tonight, the Lady Big 12 Conference, uh, TCU at Kansas. TCU 0-7 on the road. Uh, 0-11 in conference play. Kansas starting strong in Big 12 play, but they are also 4-6 with Texas Tech. Uh, TCU has not won a conference game since February of last year. I think at least. Uh, that's pretty tough for them. Pretty tough. Uh, looking at the Lady Raiders schedule coming up after tonight, I know we're focused on the Longhorns for sure. Uh, but then you get Kansas at home, you go to Norman. Get Oklahoma State at home, West Virginia at home, at Baylor, TCU at home, Iowa State on the road. On the road, Oklahoma and Iowa State going to be very tough to beat. Uh, But Kansas, beatable. West Virginia at home, beatable. TCU, obviously beatable. That would be three more victories. If you could somehow, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games left, if you could somehow, if you're the Lady Raiders, find a way to go four and four to finish it out, get eight wins in conference. I'm not saying you'd be locked in. To an NCAA tournament, but you would certainly be firmly on the bubble. And this is still a Lady Raiders team that has some uh, some history, some juice. The Lady Raiders, eight games remaining. If they win tonight. I think they have a legitimate shot to be in the NCAA tournament. If they lose tonight, I think it's a, a steep uphill climb. But winning tonight really would put them in a position with the games they have remaining, with the schedule they have remaining, with the trips, with the home games, with everything that you have. I really do think tonight is not a must win. For the Lady Raiders, but it would certainly go a long way.
trying to find some bracketology for the Lady Raiders. I saw one the other day where they were the uh, first four out. So if you're already on the bubble where you are, uh, net rankings and everything else, I think you have an opportunity. Uh, the men, talking about it earlier, they play tonight as well against the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, this game, <laughs> it's, it's much more meaningful for the Lady Raiders tonight. Much more meaningful. I don't know. I don't know what it does for Texas Tech to win a Big 12 game. Uh, obviously, Oklahoma State at 500. They're 5-5, five and five, well on their way to be in the NCAA tournament. Would it be a great win? Yes. It would be a great win for the for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. It's a six-point line currently. Total sitting at 136 at Gallagher-Iba Arena. Texas Tech still s- s- uh, floating above 500. You really have to finish out 500 to have an opportunity at the NIT. I know people don't like the NIT. Uh, my co-host on the Raiderland, or my, I'm his co-host, but you know what I mean. He's a big anti-NIT guy. But you need to start winning to to have any chance in anything. Can you win tonight? Sure. Uh, on the Ken Palm, Oklahoma State's offense is much worse than yours. Uh, their adjusted off- offense is at 114th. You're at 80th. Uh, but they are one of the best defensive teams, the adjusted metrics, in the country. Seventh, according to Ken Palm, their T-ranked defensive metric is five. Haslam metrics has them at 19th. Ken Palm overall at 29th. This is Oklahoma State. They're 14 and 9 in the season, but they're 5 and 5 in Big 12 play. And look, we're familiar with Tyreek Smith. We're familiar with Caleb Boone. Uh, Bryce Thompson obviously is the guy that's been around. Um, Musa Cisse. From Memphis, averages seven and eight. Boone, twelve and five. Oklahoma State has a couple of guys out with injury. You're obviously uh, there as well. Pop Isaac's one of them. The good news is your defense tonight might look actually pretty good because of how bad Oklahoma State is offensively. But you'll have to score to win. Ha-ha. That's how basketball works. That's how sports works. You have to score more than the other person to win. Can you go small ball against Oklahoma State their starting lineup has two guys that are 6'9". Tariq Smith can go in and Cissé, 
who is a bona fide seven footer, he might get twenty five minutes tonight against Texas Tech because they don't have anybody to counter. Oklahoma State's offense is really bad. Really bad. And they kind of look like Texas Tech in the respect of when Texas Tech was good, that they just had a really good defense and figured it out on offense. And this split might be bigger than anything that Texas Tech ever had at 7th and 114th, but good grief, are they really good defensively. They can block shots. They are really good rebounders and have a lot of guys who can do it. Uh, Can Oklahoma State do anything offensively without Anderson, though? Who will not play tonight. He was kind of their... when, uh, oh, what was that guy's name? The guy with the brother that came, uh, Cade Cunningham. When Cade Cunningham was there, uh, Anderson was a huge piece down the stretch for them because he got to be a bona fide two. He struggled last year trying to figure out how to be a one and has kind of flashed this year. Uh, but offensively, they don't really have a shot creator. Now, You could argue that Texas Tech doesn't either consistently, though you have seen Davian Harmon be in a position to be a shot creator. Now, if this game is close in the second half, I could absolutely see Davian Harmon taking over if you can spread out Oklahoma State. But defensively, I just don't know if they'll let Davian Harmon do what he does against lesser opponents. Because I don't know that Oklahoma State defensively is a lesser opponent at all. If you can get Boone and Cissé in trouble foul-wise, I would tend to say that Texas Tech can absolutely win this game. If they are not in trouble with fouls, uh, and they're healthy and in a groove. Uh, I don't. I don't know. You have to have Davian Harmon though making offense happen in the isolation ball that you run. You have to have more from O'Banner than you had in Waco, and you have to have Jalen Tyson being aggressive and confident. When he is aggressive and confident, this team is much better. He's much better. But for some reason, it goes in and out. All right, let's take the final break of the hour. When we come back, something. We will figure out something. It's the Rob Bro Show. Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports.
Welcome back. It's Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News Money Sports. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is in the Super Bowl. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, they play the Eagles this weekend. We heard in the VSIN update just moments ago that Travis Kelsey wants to be supportive of his brother Jason Kelsey. I don't know if you know this. Jason Kelsey is the center for the Eagles. They're brothers. They're playing against each other in the Super Bowl. They have a podcast. Uh, New Heights. Uh, if you don't listen to podcasts, well, I'm sure you might. If you're listening to talk radio, you probably do listen to podcasts. Uh, New Heights is a very entertaining show. It's Travis and Jason Kelsey talking about football and life. Uh, they interviewed their mother this week and their father, both hilarious interviews. Interesting. Storyline there. You also have the storyline of Andy Reid, the Eagles Super Bowl coach. Uh, well, he didn't win a Super Bowl with the Eagles, but he did coach the Eagles to a Super Bowl back in uh, the 2000s. They lost to the Patriots. Went to like five NFC Championship games. One Super Bowl. And they fired him unceremoniously. He went to the Kansas City Chiefs. Nick Sirianni of uh, the Eagles fame, he's the Eagles head coach today, was the Chiefs wide receivers coach when Andy Reid got to Kansas City and Andy Reid fired him. He said, listen here, bum. You're fired. There's a reason the Chiefs were like 3-2. and." 15 last year, you stink. I don't think that's how the conversation went, but he did fire him. Uh, Sirianni ends up with the Chargers, meets Frank Reich, goes to the Colts, gets hired as the Eagles head coach. By the way, Andy Reid replaced Sirianni with David Culley. David Culley, former Houston Texans head coach David Culley. There are a lot of those weird storylines in this Super Bowl. Brother versus brother. Andy Reid winning so many games with both franchises as the head coach. Meets back with the Eagles in the Super Bowl. This would be the perfect game for Coach Andy Reid to ride out into the sunset, right off into the sunset as a Super Bowl winning coach and just kind of float on down the line. If that happens, I have no clue what Texas Tech would do from there. Sorry, Texas Tech. What the Kansas City Chiefs would do from there, I was you can't read text and talk at the same time. Uh, Eric Bieniemy obviously has been around. Matt Nagy has been around both, both uh, in that offensive system right now. Would they want to promote? Ugh. 
saw what Nagy did with the Bears, and Bienemy can't even get an interview with anyone else. If you're the Chiefs, you probably have people knocking down your door to come coach Patrick Mahomes as a head coach. Could you go get another sitting head coach and bring them in? Would you want to? Would you want to hire from within and keep keep it the same? I'm not saying I think that Andy uh, Andy Reid will retire, but I think it makes sense to after you get a second Super Bowl. It certainly makes sense for the Chiefs to be in a position to win a second Super Bowl, go to five, six straight AFC championships, five straight AFC championships. I mean, they have to have some kind of contingency plan there. Uh, what are you doing tonight? Are you going to watch the Lady Raiders? Are you going to watch the Texas Tech Red Raiders? They played Oklahoma State. Both games tip off at 7 o'clock, I believe. And then we also have the debut of Kyrie Irving, allegedly, allegedly with the Dallas Mavericks. There was a time, there was a time when, uh, yesterday, when that deal was going to turn into a three-team deal. I don't think that ever emanated. We'll see what happens. Uh, Tonight is one of those nights where I guess if you're uh, a Texas Tech basketball fan, if you're a a Mav fan for life, if you're a Lady Raiders fan, you got the three screens going. You got one pulled up on the phone. You got one pulled up on the TV. You got a second screen, third screen, somehow, someway. It's like uh, you're a Pac-12 fan. Uh, There was some surprising action uh, Monday in the Mavs game. Two, Two guys who have not really played much. Uh, getting their time to shine uh, as they beat the Jazz on Monday. Tonight, the Mavericks uh, will be in Los Angeles playing the Clippers. Clippers eight-point favorites. That is on ESPN as they make way for uh, Kyrie Irving. To debut, Luka Doncic still undecided if he'll play tonight. Uh, says he's out. Looking at the uh, the injury report, so you will not have him. Uh, Markeith Morris also day to day, along with Kyrie Irving. You might see both of them debut tonight. Uh, the Spurs also playing tonight. That one tipping off at 6.30. The Rockets, they stink. That tips off at 7. The Mavericks at 9. Uh, then again, the Texas Tech Red Raiders and Lady Raiders both tipping off at 7 o'clock. One on the Big 12 now, ESPN Plus, the other on the Longhorn Network. The team playing the Longhorns is on the Longhorn Network, by the way. Both tipping off at 7. We'll take Iowa State on the road, plus 3.5. Hard to not go uh, with Oklahoma State, minus 6 at home tonight against Texas Tech. Baylor, minus 9.5. 
Yikes. On ESPNU, I would stay away from that one. Maybe lean Oklahoma just because Porter Mosier loves upsets. If Porter Mosier is favored, if Porter Mosier is even, if it's within five or six, doesn't care. Nearly double digits? Porter Mosier shows up. You know what? Oklahoma to cover plus nine and a half. We will... Be back tomorrow at 11 a.m. on The Raider Land. I've been Rob Braw. Be Rob Bro. We'll see you then. The views and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not necessarily the views of Talk 1340, its advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media.